Welcome to Uncontained episode 124. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and uh, over the weekend uh, there was a huge loss in the hard rock metal community, uh, especially if you're a Pantera fan uh, like many of us are. Pantera drummer Vinnie Paul has uh, passed away, and uh, yeah, that was the first thing I saw when I opened up my social media over the weekend. I'm just lucky I had a chance to enjoy his music and also had a chance to meet him on a couple of occasions. Um, No, I'm not saying we were close. I'm not trying to jump on the I Know Vinnie Paul bandwagon, but I have friends that do, and my condolences go out to them and to the Abbott family because losing two sons can't, can't be easy. Um... But I do have a good show lined up for you today. On the show today, I have Johnny Gomez. He is the singer-slash-guitarist for the band She Waves the Flag. And we talk about uh, where they got the inspiration for the name of the band. We uh, talk about why they took such a long hiatus and what inspired them to get the band back together again. Along with uh, some things he's learned over the years playing music and uh, also get talking about ghost stories and childhood stars that have... uh, you know, partied a little too hard. So that's all coming up. I also got a track for you off of their new album, The Ghost I'm Leaving. This is Trace.
How's it going today, Johnny? It's going well. Great, great. Thank you for joining me here on Uncontained. And uh, kind of made the connection with you through a mutual friend slash acquaintance on my side uh, and Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not sponsored by Starbucks, but uh, Andy. Andy. Yeah. Uh, it's Ortega? Yeah. All right. Andy Ortega, uh, he kind of helped set this up. I got talking to him about the show, and he's like, dude, I got this uh, guy. He's in this band, and uh, you should talk to him. So here we are. Shout out, Andy. Shout out to Andy. <laughs> got to give some love, you know? Absolutely. So, um, so he helped set this up. You are in a band. I am in a band. It's called She Waves a Flag. Yep. And um, where, where did that name come from? So the name actually came from our first practice um, when we got together uh, when I was 16, so those in 2008. And uh, the first song we ever uh, practiced together was Fortunate Son by Credence. Uh, okay. And the first line of that song, some folks are born made to wave the flag. Ooh, that red, white, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was, you know, a 16-year-old mind. Like, oh, let's put a sheen in front of it. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but it's kind of cool that it goes back to Credence. Yeah. And uh, isn't John Fogarty, like, kind of from the yeah, Bay he's, Area? he's local as far as I know, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think it was, like, North Bay or something like yeah. that. But uh, I learned that when I moved out here. So, right uh, But yeah. I've always, always kind of liked Credence, Proud Mary, and... Yeah. Uh, bad moon on the rise yeah so run through the jungle you know what i mean yeah yeah and gotta get down there are many worse places where you could have got a name from than credence that's very <laughs> true that is very true yeah so i was listening to this limp biscuit song yeah and for no. real i mean there's a there's a the, lot of material like <laughs> that's why we named our band nookie you know <laughs> like i've i've heard plenty of band names that are really uh, interesting that are from really obscure references and things that uh, yeah yeah but um and I know that's kind of obscure like our name in general but it is what it is you know? it is what it is my it's friend stuck all right yeah and okay so you said you formed the band back when you were like sixteen yeah all right you uh, played for a few years and then you took a really long hiatus yeah that's true uh what was it that made you guys decide to get the band back together so to get the band back together was pretty interesting because uh basically i moved away from uh my bandmates uh for a long time um, okay and i got married and like a bunch of other stuff in our lives were going on and uh by happenstance i got an apartment in fremont and i was down the street in between two of uh the members of the band nick and andre um, who are some of my best friends in the whole world. And we just started playing around like, hey, you know, let's get together. Let's get in the garage. Let's start, you know, just playing, you know. And then just one thing led to another. And it was like, you know what? There's no reason why we shouldn't just like pick it back up and just play. I mean, it's this, the cliche, like, let's get the band back together. Man. <laughs> you know, like whatever. But it just felt right. And uh, I mean, I know that I'm like in my element in this group. I've played in a lot of other bands too. Okay. Um, and this particular band is special to me um and it feels like i can really like unload 
Gosh, so, was this your first band then, or it wasn't my first band, but it was my, I mean, I guess first serious band, like first band that I actually was like writing my own material and like putting, you know, actual songs together and stuff. Okay, all right, so I could see why there's some like sentimental attachment and uh, familiarity with the people in the band. So uh, you sing and play guitar. Um, what are what? Who are the other people in the band, and what do they do? So one of my best friends, Nick, he plays uh, bass right now. He used to do handheld uh, growling, screaming. Um, okay. He's still doing that, but he's playing uh, bass now. He's doing very well. I think that he, in the time that we didn't play, like both Andre, who's the lead guitar player, um, and Nick have like really improved and like gotten so good at guitar. It's like amazing, like. I'm just really blown away by how well they've improved and yeah, it's like they're way better than me and like, <laughs> like um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and then Dan, uh, plays drums and Dan's one of the most important people in my life. I'd say, um, I met Dan at Starbucks as well. <laughs> like, Man, this might yeah. as well be sponsored by Starbucks. I know Howard Schultz should like just make a dating website or something. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, you know, like, I don't know. Or, a, or an entertainment band networking. For website. real, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and Dan, yeah. So he, I know he's probably doesn't mind me uh, bragging about him a little bit, but he was a pretty high level college football player. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and uh, he was a really good drummer too. And he just kind of like me meeting him like transformed my approach to life because like I mean if you notice like I don't know like when we were outside like I was looking at myself thinking about how bad my posture was because like <laughs> I've been hung over like a a computer desk or a guitar for like you know ever and yeah um, Dan I I never worked out or did anything and Dan like kind of got me into like working out and all that but so we were good friends before and then we tried uh, another project called Band by Vows. Um, that uh, ultimately didn't work out, but um, we've been playing music for a while, and then this kind of just felt like a natural plug because he wasn't the original drummer for the band. Um, okay. Yeah. So is he new to this version of the band then? Yeah. Or, okay, he wasn't there before the hiatus? Yes. Okay, very cool. So, yeah, man, that's... So who did he play for? Uh, who did Dan play for? Yeah, per, in uh, college. Oh, he played or, for Kansas Wesleyan. It's a D2 school. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, a lot of the players he played with, like, went on to the NFL and, like, you know. So nice. it wasn't, like, D1, or, but, I mean, D2 is, like, that's still a really high level. Yeah, dude, yeah. Because you kicked ass in high school. <laughs> you know, like, you were probably the best person in your district in high school. Yeah, know? very. So. That's that's something to respect right there, too. And, for sure. Uh, okay, so. Just to transition a little bit here, like kind of a harsh transition, but uh, <laughs> you have you have a new CD out, uh, The Ghost I'm Leaving. How can people get a hold of this and where can they find it, I guess? Okay, yeah. Um, so it's on iTunes and Spotify, Apple Music, all those digital outlets. Um, but yeah, uh, we have, like I said, the physical CDs. Like I still believe in them. Like we were talking briefly outside. <laughs> like I still believe in them and I think... Uh, yeah, we'll probably do like some standalone, like, because that makes sense, just the way how fast paced everything is now. Mm -hmm. But I still like albums alone because I feel like they, it's a better representation of where an artist is, you know, because it's all of the feelings and emotions for a particular, and like with this album, that I, were f felt at a certain time. It's yeah. like a time capsule. So uh, for that reason, 
I would say that like I'll probably will still be making albums. And I don't know if that was the the question. Yet, no, no, yeah. that's cool. That's a great answer. There's sort of a nostalgia like with an actual CD. I understand what you're saying with that. But one thing that like I think is cool about the albums, it's like you release it and then everything's there right at once. Yeah. With the releasing it track by track with the way the attention span is these days agreed you know people you stay relevant absolutely like like, oh another track's coming out by these guys another track's coming out by these guys instead of them getting it all at once yeah i I think it's cool to have both though like yeah both of the option maybe you have to release so many release the album or whatever you know it makes sense i mean everything like from the way that streaming services are set up and the way that you know they the way that video games like uh, dlc and like things like that like every Everything is like kind of spaced out because I feel like companies and, you know, in this sense, like artists, they, you know, they probably know that they're vying actually for a a slice of time, you know, in a person's day or life or whatever. I mean, ultimately, that's what you're doing when you're selling anything that's going to be consumed, Mm -hmm. you know, unless it's food, (laughs) you know, but like... (laughs) I mean, even then. But and still, yeah, you got to take time to eat it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And you're and trying to get people in your store or something. Yeah. So that's why they sell it fast. The fast food. We don't even need much of your time. Just come here, grab it, go, get out of here. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're gonna keep making albums. But I totally see, you know, that that's probably the way things have gone, the way things will be. You know. But yeah, you know, I'm not in a band, so don't let me tell you. Oh yeah, no. To, I'm not like you should really do this and. Uh, no, 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 no. Nah, I just step is this. It's just wise. That's all I'm saying. It's <laughs> like it's wise. Like I'm just hearing it and I'm just acknowledging it's wise. But <laughs> yeah, there is something about actually holding on to a CD in your hands, looking at the cover art. And like opening it up and seeing the liner notes, who wrote what, who put what into what. Yeah. So that is part of the reason why records are coming back as well, too. Yeah. So, you know, there's always a nostalgia factor. Absolutely. But, all right. So another thing to keep you in the minds of people, you guys have a music video coming out, right? We do. Yeah. Um, we did a video for a song called Another Voice, which is, I believe, song five on the record. And uh we did it uh, at Cody's uh, studio. Cody Fuentes is uh, the engineer who engineered the um, the record and produced it. And uh, yeah, one of our good friends from back in the day, our bands played together. Um, you know, when we were teenagers and and stuff. And now his band Spite's like taken off and like they're a big deal. And they're, okay. yeah, they're really good. And uh, so we went to his live room and we did a video there with uh, his crew, Films and Noises, and it was a lot of fun and it was cool and uh i think it wasn't it's not like uh it doesn't have like a narrative or anything it's just us playing but it's all the emotion and all the feelings and all the everything is we just wanted to play and let our faces and our emotions and our our energy kind of draw the narrative so it's a live performance video yeah yeah no cutaway scene and the ghost i'm leaving and that's the name of the album what is the album about so um, the entire record is, and I, I think that the other lyricist, Nick, um, who does the screaming vocals would probably have his own unique take on it. Um, but when we sat down, it, it was a loose concept album okay. and, um, it's a ghost story. Uh, this, so my perspective is the way I approached it was it's a ghost story as a metaphor for things that I experienced growing up and things that I'm, you know, that I that kind of haunt me. And I think he would say the same thing, things that haunt him as well. Um, and the ghost I'm leaving, basically 
that whole line in general just uh the line in the in the first song the intro and then the second song trace in the bridge is um hearts only beating for the ghost i'm leaving and it's just i that's the only thing that i'm consumed with is the the person that i leave behind the memory that i leave behind because um i feel no shame and i don't want to beat a dead horse by you know if any of my friends listen to this and like but i mean i grew, <laughs> I grew up in foster care um okay so uh definitely battled a lot of things and seen a lot of things growing up that you know i had a lot of good things happen to me too that kind of removed me from some kind of heinous uh things that could have been a lot worse like my brother got a lot worse than i did but um yeah i just i'm consumed with I am going to be the change. Like I, I'm not going to, the ghost I'm leaving is all that matters to me. That that's. Oh, really, wow. Yeah. So basically it's about like what you're going to change in your life is like. So like if you have, if you have kids or whatever, yeah. you're not going to let them go the foster care route. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. hundred wow. percent. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Deep man. And, and, but you know, like, sucks to have to go through something like that but i'm sure it helped shape you in some way (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I don't want to go all like oprah on you i mean i'm not looking for tears i'm not looking for tears i feel you take one look at me and you're like "Uh." yeah and then i'm kind of nut nutty and zany so it's all good man yeah that's (sighs) better than all stuffy you know (laughs) absolutely yeah it could be a lot worse though that's the one thing you learn yeah, yeah. Quickly. Like, I, my listeners have heard me talk about this uh, a little bit. So, like, I didn't grow up in foster care or anything, but, like, I grew up uh, with a seizure disorder. And mm. also when I was 27, I went blind in my right eye. Wow. So, you know, things things happen. And, like, you have a choice whether you can let them, like, drag you down, like that ghost in the back, yeah. not leave that ghost, let it hang around, yeah. pull, you, pull you back in like the lobster in the pot, pull right. another, or the yeah. crab in the pot, pull another crabs back in. Yeah. Or like what I did, like shortly after the whole eye incident, it was more like, okay, I can either sit in the corner and cry about this or just get used to bumping into shit every once in a yeah. while and uh, get on with it, you know, and make fun of, make make a few jokes, move on past it. Yeah, but and there's a, you you become a fighter pretty quick, I would say. Um, yeah, and definitely, I mean, it, you don't need it. Doesn't it isn't exclusive to foster care, like you said. I mean, in general, I mean, you're gonna run into things in life that are unexpected or things that are just like heinous. Like I said, I use yeah. that word. Um, and it's like, I believe it's a Bruce Lee comment where he said that life is you know ninety percent or ten percent what. Uh, happens to you 90% how do you react to it that's a good quote yeah and I I'm not sure if that you know it's one of those things I live in it the, might be paraphrased yeah I live in the we live in the age of the internet so I might be that might be a, a mythology you know like or some voodoo or something <laughs> it was but, actually Einstein that said that yeah you <laughs> know what I mean you never know like you got to be careful <laughs> like but uh but yeah um just you're gonna run into things in life and like the track three dead and gone like it's a big one for me because it's all about just the the rage that i feel when i am coming up against something and like yeah trying and it's opposing my what i told you right there that you know my life mission which is to be the change in my family and that's awesome man yeah 
I know your friends will be like, dude, you always talk about that, the yeah. foster care thing, as you kind of mentioned there. But it's your story, man. Put it out there. Yeah. And, you know, you never know. It may help somebody else that's going through that same shit. It's important to me. I mean, it, it tells you everything you need to know about me, honestly. It's like one of those things. I like, I just, yeah, I, I don't feel like, and I think that it's important that people open up about things that they're going through or things that have shaped them. Because, like, yeah. and I know that, it, like, I mean, because, I mean, if you listen to the record, it's kind of, I guess, and I've been categorized as an emo kid, you know, whatever, but, like, <laughs> whatever. I mean, you got to be who you are, and that's the thing is, like, and you, and there's always going to be some naysayer or somebody knocking on your door being, like, you know, uh, you know, with a stink face, you know, yeah. and they honestly, everybody's got an opinion, man, you know, like, if it, and people want to believe that their opinions matter, you know, like that, but really when you, it's your experience, so only you can really dictate, you know the you know the scorecard you know the wins and losses or whatever so yeah wow that, that's a good outlook man that's a really good outlook i i appreciate you sharing that with me man yeah yeah uh so um so i guess like speaking of like mind space and stuff like that how has the my band- space which was yeah. great for bands by the way MySpace, <laughs> mind space <laughs> <laughs> But back in the day, it probably was when your band was first around. It was oh MySpace. yeah, it was. <laughs> it definitely was, and like I miss it. I mourn MySpace every day. I wake up and it's part of my ritual. I look to the sun and I'm like, MySpace, where did you go? You're like Tom, why did you leave? Tom, me? why did you sell the company? Because it was way better for bands. I work at Facebook, but honestly, Facebook is like not as good at all. And I have talked to people working music at Facebook, and I'm telling them like. Yo, it doesn't. We need a dedicated music player. We need a way to get music out there because it's, yeah. it's garbage. Yeah, it would be cool to have a dedicated music player like on that. There was the only thing about MySpace was there was like so much flash going on I where know. it took like forever for a uh, page to play yeah. or load, and then like you're you don't even realize you have the computer sound on for a minute, then all of a sudden the song starts playing. You're like, no, I don't. Like I that, know man. that was one of my favorite things to do to people though. It's like put a like super death metal song and then like that I'd the be player. fine with. That'd be fine with. But you click on somebody's page and like Britney Spears starts playing yeah. or something like that. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh my god, uh, how do I explain this get, one? Get in the HTML scripting and hide the player so they can't turn it off. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I would do that all the time. There you go, man. There Absolutely. You go. Anyways, oh, mind that's, space. That's cruel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how has your mind space, not MySpace, changed since the since the first version of She Waves a Flag to this version? Definitely a lot. I mean. Um, obviously like, you know, and I'll just quickly rebound into this, you know, like I think it was fairly obvious that like everybody else, I was a teenager playing music and like it's an outlet and you're in high school and everything's a popularity contest. And I definitely got swept into that and like trying to, you know, be somebody like, you know, and just kind of like, like it's a dominance hierarchy and everybody's, you know, girls like guys who are win contests and like are popular. <laughs> I'm just being real. And like, yeah, yeah. No, it's, and like, I think I was doesn't definitely stop in high school. <laughs> I definitely started to believe like many people do and are quickly reminded and humbled that that's all that matters, that the dominance hierarchy thing is what really matters in life. And, but, you know, you can peak early and then fade, fizzle out and fade out. And, yeah. Um, so definitely that, um, and the music, like while I look back at a lot of our old songs, obviously it was a lot more metalcore, I guess you could say there was more breakdowns and and things like that. But, um, 
the lyrics were just kind of immature, kind of gobbledygook. But uh, I do. There's parts of it that I like that that I that we've recycled and like made better. You know, okay. Just being kind of immature in general, like. But now, definitely, I feel like we kind of made a more coherent, mature uh, kind of vision for this record. So. And you know, it's good that you have grown. You know, and it's like the bands that first come out with the. Uh, brutal brutal albums and yeah. stuff like that then they get a little bit of fame a little bit of money and it's like hard to stay that same amount of anger when you have like a five-car garage you yeah know? that's very it's true like, like metallica people, <laughs> metallica or hell like one of my favorite bands like growing up and i, I still like some of their stuff but mudvayne mm -hmm. like with ld50 to like their stuff that came out like a few years ago huge difference still still pretty good but a yeah. completely different band you know absolutely it happens with everybody i feel you know but the only band as i've said before that can get away without ever changing is acdc yeah <laughs> that definitely i mean that's just they a even sound change, they even changed singers and they sounded exactly the same yeah like i'm a i don't know i i like metallica and cody kind of uh got me the guy who uh he produced the record um he uh definitely got me like uh, into them because i definitely didn't have a metallica like phase or anything okay. but i i did later i did like a year ago <laughs> like <laughs> and I just started like really paying attention to them and i recognized that people like they got real bad and like for a while oh, <laughs> and like but i still man. just the songwriting because i'm a songwriter by nature and, yeah uh, that's my function and utility in any group i've been in so yeah i'll say it saint anger man that, oh man i know that, we always talk about that man like, that was terrible like and they made like a documentary film to go along with oh uh, yeah i watched did, it 50 did, times at okay yeah, some <laughs> kind of monster it was just like painful to watch because they were bickering like school children and like there were parts of it that were funny but most of it was sad and they explained why the album sounded like it did yeah but, yeah but death magnetic actually redeemed them a little bit sure like, yeah. so they got like all right we're gonna get rid of that crappy sounding snare drum yeah i, was, uh, I know the snare <laughs> yeah it's the what is it apple loop snare it's just like oh it's like, what, what was Lars thinking? I, I know. know. And it's like, he's what's wrong with that band, in my opinion. But like, he's also what's good about it, too, in some ways. But like, <laughs> I, I hear you. Like, his attitude is bad, but the drumming is actually really good. You <laughs> Have know? you seen some kind of monster? I have. Yeah. I saw it in theaters. That's amazing. Like, You're my like hero. A, <laughs> it, was like, it was like a midnight showing. And I was like, let's go see it. Like, one of my best friends growing up was a huge Metallica fan. He's a drummer. Uh -huh. And Lars was his, like, idol, yeah. idol growing up. So, you know, you got to go see it. And I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go check it out. And, man, it was... It painful. It, it was painful. But it's also charming and amazing. Like, I, like when uh, uh, Kirk Hammett goes, I know there's a time when we're going to come together. But I don't know it. And it's very frustrating. There's like, also a time <laughs> in the movie where it's like, can I just say that's bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when his dad, Lars' dad is like, you know, Lars, if I was you, I would just delete it. It's not good, you know. <laughs> and I was like, dang, dude. This is dad telling him that. It's real, man. But that's honesty right there, my friend. That's I honesty. Know. So... Yeah, all right. Enough knocking yeah. or praising Metallica <laughs> right now. So how long would you say that you've been involved in music? Um, so I started playing music, uh, like playing guitar when I was 13. One of my best friends, Chris at the time, uh, started playing, and he was the original guitar player for the band. And so he kind of got me interested in it. And 
the rest is history, I guess, if that's a little facetious to say. But whatever. Right, well, yeah. it's the past. Yeah, like, history. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's and so uh, from when I was thirteen, I, I I knew that I liked Green Day, like whatever. I couldn't, I didn't know what that was. I just liked, and I know that when I was really little, I liked the Power Rangers because of the theme song, and the reason why, in retrospect, is because of the guitar. And I just always liked it, you know what I mean? Like I've always, and I think a lot of people probably can relate. Go go Power Rangers! I just kind of, <laughs> I, I never really was quite into the Power Rangers myself, but I, I don't blame you. I'm just saying but, in general, I liked that know, show, and I recognize one of the major reasons because the guitar. Johnny, I'm not gonna judge you. <laughs> Thank I'm not you. Gonna judge you. Thank but you. I'm sure I've liked some shit where it's like probably shouldn't tell people about that. <laughs> I'm a diehard Pokemon fan. Like I love Pokemon. I, I missed the Pokemon phrase. So I was a little bit older. Yeah. You know, than so you that, get to laugh so. more. So at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had a little cousin who was like big into Pokemon, had all the games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that did was you me. Play, did you play Pokemon Go when it came out? Though? I still play it. The game's frustrating, though. It's still, it's still around and still. Yeah. It's still big. Five million players. Wow. Know, at least wow. active, I think, daily. But. Yeah, I mean, I went to the park by my house, and there's, like, you know, an 80-year-old person and, like, a bunch of little kids and a mom and, like, you know, a lot of different kind of people play it. So, it's cool. It's, uh, Pokemon brings people together, you know? It does. Well, you got to catch them all, man. You got to catch gotta, them all, dude. Gotta, that's Trade that's, that's one bond everybody can share. Right? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe bring Pokemon Go down to the border where all that I know, right? Going on. Like, give, just give Trump a phone with it on. Bring everybody give all together. The immigrant kids a phone with them on, and, you know... Just I'll, I'll go catch Pokemon. That's what will d- heal the divide in this country. Exactly. The huge yeah. divide. It will be Pokemon. Pokemon <laughs> will do it, but their their hearts aren't ready. Their hearts aren't prepared. They're just unwilling to accept Pikachu. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, like... So... Because <laughs> they could. Because you could. You, you, you definitely could, my friend. It's, definitely... it's part of my mental health. Okay. All right, and well. I'm clearly... I deserve a clean bill of health. Yes, yeah, so and Pokemon is what so, what helped you get there, man. It's, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, man. Some people, some people seek seek therapy. Some people seek metal. Some yeah. people seek Pokemon. Yeah. Right, it all it all goes together. Okay. What 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 advice would you have besides play Pokemon Go <laughs> for somebody who's interested in getting into music, forming a band, and pursuing music? So. I would just get some of your boys together and do it. That's all. That's all I would say. It's just, you know, I think that a lot of people spend more time talking about being in a band and talking about making records and, like, going to, you know, coffee shops and sitting down, like, hey, let's talk about, mu- you know, music instead of actually doing it, and that frustrates me. I mean, at the same time, like, because I've been in that, and, like, yeah. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, it's just frustrating, you know? And I know that, like... My personality is because of the way I grew up is I'm, I make extreme decisions fast because I have to because it's the only way I know how to operate and it's the only because it, there's no I can't lose if I lose if I make a, a grievous error or like take a huge risk and and fail like then it's a lot more devastating because I don't have a, a safety net you know yeah. what I mean like I mean I don't I make that sound like a lot more you know dramatic and that's kind of how I am and if you see the video you'll 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 be able to tell that pretty quickly that I'm kind of melodramatic, but (laughs) I mean, I'm just, yeah. Uh, so I would just say the thing about art and music that I learned and like I learned in my last band with, um, or two bands ago with one of my best friends, Levi is that, you know, when I played with him, I learned how to write songs. Like I learned how to really refine that because he's a really, really good songwriter. And, um, 
really pay attention to lyrics and making and he, we always stressed in our band it was called Hawkins and Silver uh, to make things honest and I didn't really know how to do that and I, I made a lot of like kind of weird obscure poetry before and like I still kind of do that but just in general trying to make just be honest so like I would just say just pick up your instrument or whatever your gift is singing you know piano guitar tuba I don't know whatever triangle triangle electric triangle you know whatever it is electric triangle yeah be cool um (laughs) yeah whatever whatever you know and just do it and just don't do it because you want to get something out of it because I've been that guy too yeah like I said and I uh made a lot of mistakes because of it and I you know there was a lot of painful things that you have to go through and through a process, a humbling process and things like that. Um, but in general it, you do it because it's who you are and that's the end of the day. And like she weighs the flag is like who I am. Like in terms of like, I put my, all my guts and all my heart and all my soul into it. And you know, bands come and go. Every band has an expiration date and that's just the truth. Whether it be yeah. a coffin or whatever, you know, I'm just, again, trying not trying to be melodramatic, just being honest. Like every band is coming to an end. So, for me, it's like if this band comes to an end, you know, I'm still going to be playing music and making records because I've been doing it since I was 15 and I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life. And I don't really care like how it plays out. It's because it's who I am. That's it. Right on, man. Right on. So you mentioned something that caught my interest when you were playing with uh, your friend Levi. You said yeah. you kind of learned how to be more honest in your music. How How did you learn how to be more honest or what was something that you did that made the honesty come through um well i mean in that band like it's funny because it's always like you can write things with metaphors like we had a song uh called lois lane it's like about superman okay and that's important because people don't want to hear you just straight up talking about like oh my grandma gave me five dollars on my well, my birthday but i don't know <laughs> but that that's also good too because there's a guy i think literally i just pulled that out of a recess of my brain but he i think that's literally a line in one of his songs his name's john moreland it's like a indie country guy and he's like my grandma gives me 10 bucks on my birthday so that can work i could see that working in country music yeah right like but uh to because people do forget and i think some people probably are gonna not like my band and not like maybe not like my video um but the thing is is uh music is theater and playing live is theater. And if you're, so you do need to be theatrical. And the best bands, like some of the best bands in history, like Queen and like these big, you know, rock opera, you know, Pink Floyd and like, yeah. all, you know, it's opera, it's, it's theater. Uh, but to be honest, I just decided that I was going to be exactly who I am. And I'm not going to, it was around this time when I was coming out of the whole popularity, you know, higher dominance thing. And, you know, I'm just going to be who I am and I'm always been a love it or leave it kind of person. And there's plenty of people who just would prefer to leave it and that's fine. But in general, like, I just think it's important to you use sweeping metaphors and things like that, but just talk ex- exactly about what you know. Okay. And, and I, for me, I cannot sing about anything that's not real to me and everything. I mean, every single word that I say on the record. And that's important to me. And I mean, a lot of people and artists go, you know, and and make it big or go to Hollywood or whatever. And then they get signed and they get fat or whatever. And then they just sing whatever they want or they'll sing whatever. Somebody will put a sheet in front of them, some guy who wrote their songs for them. Yeah. And that makes them a lot of money and that works. And they might even like, you know, retroactively like say, okay, there's a, a feeling that they get from it and they can see. But that's just not me. I don't know if I could do that. So, hey, man. 
Yeah. Stick to your guns, dude. Stick to your guns. Yeah. So do do you. Uh, that Oscar Wilde quote, be yourself because everybody else is already taken or yeah, something like that's that. that's good. So yeah. that is a very true quote. All you can do is try to be yourself and can't please fucking everybody. I know, you know? right? If you try, you end up pleasing nobody. Exactly. To make even more co- quotes, but I don't know who that one went to. I have one that I actually... <laughs> made up myself uh, that I say is like, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die by their rejection. And that's just the truth. Like, and I've been that guy too. And I've died by a lot of people's rejection before. And it's like, you know, I didn't recognize that. No. And you can go off the rails and be like, and go off the end and be like, Oh, well I'm, you know, I'm all great. I'm all that. And I've been that guy too. But you know, in general, you have to be in the middle and recognize that you are a person of value, no matter who you are. And that you need to find that value in yourself. You know, that's a great quote, dude. Uh, say say that one more time. Uh, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die by their rejection. That that is very true. Very true. Yeah. So, what are you currently doing to promote yourself? I know you have one music video coming out, mm-hmm. and that's uh, coming out early July, right? Yeah. So, what what are you doing in addition? Um. So definitely, things slowed down a lot. Um. After the record came out, the record came out on the thirtieth of March. Um. And then we just had a lot of like finals, like a lot of us are in college um, working on our master's, bachelor's, whatever. So a lot of things kind of came in the way, like butted up with real life. But um, we wanted to release the video and we have merch coming too. Um, Like, and we have it like all ready to go pretty much. Uh, But things change and things kind of were pushed out of the way. But we're planning on doing another video uh, this summer, at least one more, Um, maybe two. Uh, okay. for the for the life of this record um and then there was talks about uh doing an acoustic version of all the songs which i know my mom will be pleased with <laughs> but <laughs> like johnny i can listen to this yeah i know exactly which frustrates me but it's a generational thing but it, it is what it is <laughs> yeah yeah not not too many parents of uh, people in metal bands or yeah. like hard rock bands will dive into an album and actually get it you know <laughs> yeah i was gonna say uh you know, the beauty of like coming out of hiatus and all that is we're kind of essentially starting from zero. So that's why we weren't really like butthurt about like how long things took because things took really long making the record. And, but here's the thing. We've only been in the practice studio for a year. Okay. We got back together a year ago, maybe a year and a month ago. So, I mean, that was actually a really fast turnaround for a band to like come out with a record to play off of to be you know practiced and ready like our lives our live shows ready to go like it's been ready for about a month or two and we're ready like we're gonna be playing some shows like we got a manager now you know things are just we're kind of like the little engine that could though we're just gonna like you know ride the wave a little bit of whatever right on right california (laughs) (laughs) yeah the surfing engine that could yeah all right so all right so you have another uh music video possibly coming out so what what songs are you planning on making music videos for um so definitely bottomless slide which is track four um and a lot of people tell me that that's their favorite song on the record it's like a little just a banger like two minutes and 45 seconds um i really want to do dead and gone um because i feel that song more than I mean, I love all of the songs on this record, and I believe in them. I just feel like Dead and Gone, like I said, I <laughs> rock and roll to me is about having a temper tantrum on stage. Like that's essentially <laughs> what rock and roll is—is is a temper tantrum. Yeah, and you know, and 
everybody kind of has that caveman just like primal that they just you know if they're honest if, yeah, if I say honest, it's kind of yeah. like a temper tantrum with grit. Yeah. You know, like just a temper tantrum on stage that I'd probably throw that towards the emo side. Yeah. Uh, I know you said you got claimed yeah, by right. called yeah. emo before, but, you know. Well, that's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm real. Uh, you know, I'm but, like, if you throw in, like, a little bit of grit with it, a little bit of, like, attitude to it, you know, then then I don't really view it as just having a little temper tantrum on stage. I don't know. When I see Robert Plant and I see like, and I look back at that and I'm like, I can relate to it because it's just like, I mean, there's always something about music in general that's kind of like ethereal. That's kind of like, you know, and that's why people like it is because they're connected to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just something like, you know, yeah, like I said, just like primal, like that uh, about being human and, and music and like that makes us like, and for me, the one that's easy to, you know, there's a reason why people sing about love more than anything else is because it's relatable. And then in rock music, they sing about rage, you know, <laughs> like they sing about anger, you know? Yeah. Um, And rebellion and all that. So I can relate to all of that. And that's why, so anyways, that's why I picked that song is because I have so much fun you know, in live, I change up uh, some of the timbre of my voice and things like that, just in general. Um, and even since the record came out, I feel like I've gotten better and like my my vocal style has changed a little bit, too. So okay. um, I just it's like almost screaming, like almost like yelling. And I just it feels good. I don't know. how to explain <laughs> it. it feels good, man. I don't know. Right on, dude. Yeah. Right on. So um, now what would you say would be a highlight or two that you know you'd want to share with the uncontained audience so uh we played a barn that i tell the story all the time we played a farm show oh, like, yeah. when we were like and my friend kenny turner and his band beg for death they played uh before us and i think it was before us i'm not sure but anyways the point is, there was a paisa, like a, you know, a vaquero, like a Mexican cowboy. Okay. On a horse in the pit. Doing the little strut walk thing, the thing they do, you know, when they show horses and all that. And my friend Kenny Turner goes, all right, this is in between songs. This next song's for the horse. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And I'll take that to my grave. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean... We're just a bunch of suburb kids playing. Like we played our teen center a million times, and you know, yeah, went on tour. So that was probably the highlight. We went on tour and um, just the whole West Coast thing, pretty much everything west of the Mississippi River, and um, that was memorable and good and a lot of fun. And I think that's what caused the hiatus was that I think everybody realized that because we started to get more offers for tours after that, and you know, record labels started. You know, we were sniffing hard, and they were sniffing starting to sniff back and um yeah i think that it showed everybody because we were all fresh out of high school for the most part and i think everybody kind of realized that it, the next step was going to be really sacrificial in nature and, yeah in nature anyway in nature and i don't think that everybody was really prepared to do that and we wanted to go to college and stuff so i was 19 and a half when things stopped and um, I'm just turned 26 now, so, okay. but I, f- I feel, we feel better than ever, man. I mean, it feels like it was, I'm glad because the band that we were before is just like not even remotely like this band and like, it's so much better 
and so much stronger. So how many of the, I know the, um, the drummer is different. Are mm-hmm. the, all the other members, original members of the band? Um, so yeah, Andre and Nick were part of the, the main lineup that, that we would be known for, for people who do remember us. Um, okay. we went through a lot of lineup changes over the years. Um, and, uh, the original drummer obviously is gone. The original guitar player is gone. He's in his own band. Um, they're called Gunset Passion. One of my best friends in the whole world. And uh, things changed, and we go our separate ways. And but you know, it, it's weird because, like I said, I mean, where I'm sitting now, looking back at all the member changes and everything, and like, it just feels like you know everything does kind of work out for a reason. You know, and that, obviously because the way I grew up, that was very difficult to take to heart. But I definitely feel like. I choose to believe that and I'm seeing things that would lead me to think that that might be the case. That might be what's true. So. Yeah. I know there's always the theory that you might not have been like mature enough to handle it back in the day. Sure. And now with the proper mindset, you might be able to like take this to where you wanted to take it originally. Yeah. You know, so solid. Yeah. Good um, take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It happens, man. You know, that's why you see these, like, Hollywood kid stars get all messed up. I know. Because they weren't quite ready to handle all that crap that was thrown on them. Yeah, they get jacked up. Yeah, yeah, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, I was just going to say Macaulay Culkin. He was left home alone doing all sorts (laughs) of free basin and shit like that. (laughs) Uh, The main thing besides Home Alone is I know he's friends with Michael Jackson. That's it. That's the only thing I know about him. Yes. There was, like, some movie that came out uh, not – well, it was a few years ago that I saw on, like, Netflix. And I was like, oh, my God, Macaulay Culkin is something like this. It was called, like, Party Monster. Mm. And it was just him, and it looked like he had a rough life. Yeah. So, burnt. Yeah. Burnt yeah. Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Like, burnt Adam Sandler. Yes. All, if you see him, now he's burnt. He's he's burning in a different way though. <laughs> he's, not, he's not like I, I'm snorted up and burnt, you know. Yeah. But he's he's just eating well. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the kid who played the uh, John Connor in Terminator Two? Because he's also Edward Furlong. Yeah, he's jacked up. Too. I heard that he got into some serious drug problems. Yeah. Poor childhood <laughs> stars. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good take too. <laughs> I, I keep on, I keep on finding myself in these positions where I was like, okay, let's uh, figure out how to transition here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so screw it. Yeah, let's just let's just jump to this. When you're performing or somebody's listening to your album, mm-hmm. what do you want them to feel? What do you want them to take away? Is there a certain certain something you want the, your that you hope your audience gets from it? I think that. I'm an edgy person just by nature. It's just the how I am. And I think that I, I want people to look past the temper tantrum, like I mentioned, and look past the theatrics and realize that it's not a show for attention. Okay. That I'm, that it is a, I am expressing something that is deep within me. Like, and I know that sounds kind of like weird and melodramatic again, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, but it's, I don't, I'm not, I don't have ulterior motives like that. I mean, when I was a teenager, everybody has ulterior motives. Uh, and I definitely was one of them, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm legitimately just doing music and performance art because it's, it's who I am. That's it. And I think that if I can kind of like break the ice a little bit around somebody maybe who, you know, would not be 
Otherwise, like I mean, I talk about ghosts, and and it's like a it's a story of a you know two kids in a haunted house essentially. Um, and there's a lot of things about that layers to that things that I and like I said, I only sing about what I've experienced, what I believe, what I what I, what is true to me. So, um, people who kind of like dust off things like oh well, you know, I just don't think that ghosts are real or you know spirits or whatever, and like. I think that if somebody came, I want them to leave questioning that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I think you should check out um, a guest that I've had on the show. They do like a web series called The Haunted Bay. Okay. They go around to different locations in the Bay Area that are said to be haunted. And they go in there. It's not like the ghost shows you see on like cable mm-hmm. where it's like oh my god did you hear that where everybody's acting like spooked and yeah. stuff like that they kind of go in there kind of wanting to believe but wanting it skeptical to be proven to them sure you know so they haven't necessarily said that they'll say they found some interesting things or something that they can't quite explain but yeah. they haven't quite 100 percent been that is paranormal but there's things that i've experienced that I will never be able to explain, man. And I mean, like, I I wish, you know, I wish that I didn't, that they weren't real. I don't know. I, like, I, I'm just being honest. Like, and things that, like, I struggled sleeping for, and I do struggle sleeping a lot, like, to this day. Like, I mean, you know, I have raccoon eyes, but that's hereditary. But, like, I, a lot of people <laughs> always ask, like, do you sleep? And I'm like normally i shrug it off and i'm like this is just how i look man you know you don't like the way i look take it up with god man like just like whatever you know what I mean? like <laughs> but it's like i mean truthfully like i there's just you know i mean what i'm saying and on the record you know floors creaking you know things like that like there's just things that i and not just little things because anybody can have a door shut or you know floors creaking or whatever but i've had legitimately like traumatizing things happen to me that uh, I don't really share often unless I'm in a, I know that's like a, a lot of people are like, that's a cop out. Tell us, man. But it's like, if we really get, you know, into it, then I'd love to share. But, you know, I think you're just teasing us here, man. I don't know. Come to, <laughs> come to the show. You know, like, uh, I don't know. It's like when I went to the Winchester mystery house, like, you know, when I was a teenager, um, and it was a midnight tour Halloween. I asked like, so have you, cause she did seances at like three in the morning, like all the time and all this stuff. And I'm like, so, you know, uh, what have you experienced in this house? And he's like, well, I can't tell you cause it's the policy. And I was like, okay, that's a cop out. Same thing that people say to me. And yeah. like, he's like, no, I've experienced things in this house and I can't uh, talk about it, you know, but if you want to come on my lunch break, I'll tell you about it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, cause yeah, I don't know. I saw that movie Paranormal Activity. My ex-girlfriend took it to me, took me to it when I was like 17 or 18, and I couldn't sleep for a month. Really? Without the light on. I fell asleep during the movie. Man, I wish I fell asleep <laughs> during the movie because I know it's like silly now to look at, but like that traumatized me, man. Hey, man, you know, maybe if I would have stayed up during the movie, I'd have a different experience to it, but I've always referred to it as paranormal nap time for me paranormal nap time because <laughs> <laughs> i passed out during the movie man and that was in the theater um so i felt like i got ripped off but <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you got your money's worth people like in america like horror movies because i think i've read somewhere that the adrenaline rush is like similar to sex just honestly like you know Oh, I guess That's it, people like that. Ooh, you know, like whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. Like I used to dislike 
horror movies when I was little. Not because they scared me. It was because they didn't scare me a lot of the time. So it was until Army of Darkness uh, with Bruce Campbell came out that I was like, oh, shit. Horror movies aren't necessarily just to scare you. They can be funny, too. I know. Even ones that aren't intentionally funny. I love that movie. The yes. fact that he like sways the whole village with a high school chemistry textbook. And, like, <laughs> this is my boomstick. Like, oh man, I love that movie. Yo, she bitch. Let's go. <laughs> I love that movie, man. All right, man. So I do have one final question for you. Hit me. But before we get to that question, where can people find you? on the internet where's your corner of the world wide web um well you can follow me on twitter instagram uh at johnny knockout there's no h in johnny j-o-n-n-y knockout just like one word knockout um okay and you can find my band she weighs the flag on you can google us you can see you know our rinky dink video that we did our diy video from like years ago but be on the lookout for a new one uh you can go to our facebook facebook.com slash she weighs the flag one word uh instagram all that yeah all the typical places all right cool and you can find your music on spotify Bandcamp, and itunes yeah all that spotify title stuff like that yeah amazon mp3 whatever all right so if you can pretty much all the digital medias where can they go to get an actual cd um so i mean uh we're gonna be playing some shows pretty soon and we're obviously gonna lug them around wherever we go we got some merch coming out some pretty cool stuff um uh i like it yeah it's some really good artwork uh really that ties into the record um yeah just i mean you can come get get it at a, at a show or um i think we will set up an online uh merchant website like a big cartel or something okay where you, this you know and we'll do a bundle or something yeah all right sounds good man so um yeah check them out online google is your friend and yep. uh google she waves the flag now it is time for that one final final question johnny all right the title question of the show hit me no i'm gonna make you wait a minute no. <laughs> <laughs> all right johnny gomez how do you live uncontained i live uncontained uh by doing all the things that I just told you, by being who I am and, and just not giving a shit what other people think. And I'm not doing that no more. And I'm just sick of it. And I'm not trying to... I'm going to be exactly how I am. I'm not going to change for anybody. I'm not going to change my opinion. I'm not going to change. I'm going to experience life the way that I'm experiencing it. And, yeah, and I'm an individual. And I'm just, you know, I don't want to be defined by anything but my individuality. So that's how I live uncontained. Because you can't contain Johnny Gomez because I'm zany and nutty and crazy so <laughs> yeah hell yeah man hell yeah okay well thank you for joining me on the show man it's been really great talking to you kind of jumped all over the place which is always kind of fun yeah. and uh, one final thing to do before before i let you get out of here all right and that's sign off the show all right johnny will you do me the honor of signing off the show all right thanks for listening everybody who uh took the time to listen um i am johnny gomez and i live uncontained and that does it for another episode of uncontained thank you for listening and thank you to johnny gomez for joining me on the show today and uh well, make sure you check out Uncontained on all of the socials. It's at Uncontained Pod 
on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and on the World Wide Web at www.uncontainedpod.com. And, yeah, I just threw those www's in there for those people who still think you need to type them. But I guarantee you it will work without it. Anyways, thank you for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.